ladies and gents. If you're new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, a one-stop shop for all things MTV's The Challenge. We host live weekly recaps and cast interviews right here on our Facebook page. We also have a website. You can check us out at saniacpodcast.com or at Saniac Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit for wonderful challenge content. I'm Shawnee Suisa, podcast producer from Los Angeles, and this is my awesome co-host and new father, Mr. Zach Calhoun. Official Nani Stan as well. You can tag that on. <laughs> I knew that was going to come. Uh, <laughs> so today marks an interesting day because it's the first episode we have with a cliffhanger. That's kind of an interesting step for the season. Finally, we get a cliffhanger. Yeah, this is a topic I didn't realize that as many people would be talking about as they are, but it's like something that people have been missing. It's something for me where where mm. it's like, I enjoy it in a situation such as this, where this is the first time the season they did it. Um, in recent seasons, they had a problem where MTV was pretty much doing it almost every episode. So space it out a little bit and I can dig that. Yeah, we were saying how, you know, we don't want to miss out on all the drama or all the intricates, you know, of the challenges. So it- uh, occasional cliffhanger is all right with us and I like how they did it it wasn't you know who's gonna win the elimination right before it ends or something stupid like that so yeah. you know I'm excited for next week's elimination it's gonna be really exciting I mean this is this is gonna be a good one I have a feeling or I hope Georgia calls out someone killer well I, I think that um, it's there's a certain sense of mystery about this elimination and we don't really know what it's going to be. MTV was hyping it up on social media. There, there was a, a quick clip like here, you know, here is the setup for this elimination. And now after this episode, we just have a long time. We have another week to think about these two rope circles and chairs. And mm. there's a bell there. I don't know what's going to be going on. Yeah. And because it's a cliffhanger, we know it's probably going to be quite exciting. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, All right. Let's jump straight into the episode. I actually missed the first fucking six minutes of this. Uh, So Zach, (laughs) why don't you take it away with the opening? Well, what you missed was an incredible, incredible Burger King celebration for Kyle after his uh, <laughs> after his his victory in last week's elimination, so we got right to the Burger King celebration. So he never got he, any money from them, right? Because that that was something no. I, I was hoping for. I wish he would have gotten like a gift card or one of those old school challenge checks, you know, those giant ones. Yeah, so I, I would have liked that as well. But um, as as it stood, we just got them. There was like a, a French fry toast. There was a, you know a, a toast with their their extra large sodas that they were drinking, and we had Kyle, Nani, uh, Devon, and Maddie all together eating that Burger King, um, and then that led us into this whole setup with Kyle and Wes. Uh, Kyle took a Whopper from his Burger King celebration and he Ooh. left it on Wes's bed. Yeah. Um, if, if that Whopper was left for me, I, I would prefer to get most of the slop off there. I don't really do onions <laughs> on my burgers. I don't do tomatoes or pickles. Uh, the Whopper's pretty heavy with all those. So I, I, I would have hoped that, um, that mine wouldn't have that on there. I don't know how Wes prefers his Whoppers. But when Kyle left a Whopper for Wes, that got Kara and Polly talking. And they're saying, oh, wow, Kyle's been protected this whole time. He must be with Wes. And that set up the Kara, Polly, Wes dynamic that played out for the episode. That was the early tease of it. Interesting. So that was how, okay, because I wasn't quite sure on the foundation of that feud that kept continuing throughout the episode. It seemed like I was missing something there. But That's I mean, where it came from. 
it it seems weird that people aren't seeing i mean davon is i guess but wes is obviously working with everybody you know so the fact that there's even a question yeah. of that is is uh, i guess naive almost on their end wes is playing the social game a more extreme version of uh, the way I used to play some virtual games where he's literally (laughs) aligned with everyone except one or two people so that he can use those one or two people to be like, yep, we're going after these people. We're going to, you know, and he can keep, he can keep riding that. I got away for like three straight seasons of never aligning with Irving in any virtual game we played. And I would always tell people, go after Irving, go after Irving. Like he's a threat. He's a threat. And he just yeah, but would the- you align with the majority? You never would, would you? Well, no, you I never would. Me, but, that, that's for sure. No, but he, he was like a patsy um, because he beat, he beat Gabe in elimination one time. And I would always be like, hey man, Irving beat Gabe. He's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> well he and knows would, every trivia thing known to humankind but yeah, he's, I would who, always use that to who's wes's patsy in this game right now uh wes's patsy is davon that's mm. the sense i got but also georgia he tried to make deals with all three of them but it, it became pretty clear that he's just going to focus on georgia focus on davon uh, i know he still wants to go after theo so there's just a couple people that he has blocked off where he's mm. like, these are the people we go after. And, and with that in mind, he doesn't have to sell out anyone in his alliance if, if, if everyone's working towards the same goal. Yeah, and you know, in the interview that he spoke with us where he mentioned his list and his like totem pole system, if you think about what Georgia said this episode where she, towards the end, was talking about how she wanted to rescind the deal because she felt like she was so low on his list. So that goes right into, you know, that follows into in terms of what Wes told us about how people know his list, they know where they fall, and, you know, it showed in terms of what Georgia said. So we, we get to see an example of that play out in the actual house right now. And, you know, for someone who's at the bottom of someone's list, I mean, Georgia's right. Like, why would she make a deal with someone who's not actually going to have her back? And if she knows it, because Wes is clearly open and honest about who he's going to protect. So why would they... You know, why would Davon make that deal with him? Why would Georgia make that deal with him? It's just a bit weird. Yeah. But also um, in terms of in terms of Wes and Kyle, that's just I, I mean, maybe they have a loose alliance, but that's just like the Kara Pauly storyline still boiling over. And I mean, it, it's like I said, Wes left a, a whopper on the guy's bed, and that's what triggered this. It's not like it's not or, or Kyle left a whopper on his bed. It's not like Kyle gave Wes like a true gesture of, yeah. you know, here's some chicken fries. <laughs> Kyle, here, or Wes, here's, here's these chicken fries. If, if that's what he would have done, I would have been like, whoa, whoa, these guys are <laughs> oh locked God. in together. Chicken fries? Well, you have to remember also Kyle was a really close ally of Bananas. So what are the chances that Wes is also now working with one of Bananas' close allies? Like it just seems a little bit strange to me and a bit strange of a conspiracy. I feel like that's something that happens when you're in that house and the paranoia is running running deep and then you start thinking like oh kyle and wes are now in cahoots because it's pretty apparent wes is only working with a few like strong in terms of his strong allies there's only a few of those in the house right now and he makes them really obvious it's not he doesn't hide much i'm hoping at this point in the game wes is rethinking hunter as his number one because hunter has been such a flop this season so far in my opinion so hopefully wes is kind of scrambling there look what we saw in the preview oh Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that, and and then on top of that, Hunter, you know, completely botched this this daily challenge, which really did not look like a hard slider to complete. And Paulie even said that as well. It's like you got to be pretty dumb 
to not look be able like to complete it. It didn't look like a hard slider, it. but it did look like a hard situation. Because th- think about that. Maybe. Maybe. maybe slightly. I, 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 well, I... I think it was a well. It was a three by three slider. It was only three by three. I believe. I think it was three by three. No, shut up. It had to have been at least four by four. Three by three is like what you have at the kids' office. <laughs> There's no uh, way. Gre- three. Gre- Greg, Greg, we will not be celebrating uh, that one year anniversary. Um, Greg, that is the only uh, this uh, today in challenge <laughs> history post you've made so far that I haven't liked. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, Zach dislikes it. So that shit just got pinned. Okay. Now let's move into the daily <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yeah. Daily challenge, okay, highway yes, to hell. This segues perfectly in. Uh, so first they have to get onto this roof, of this Mad Max car. And then the car starts drifting around in this double infinity sign, very loopy, loopy, loopy route. Uh, and it's a female. Yeah, a little figure eight thing going on. It's a female elimination day, so I thought that it was a great challenge for that because essentially all they have to do is solve a slider puzzle at the top. We're still unsure if it was a three by three or a four by four. Ooh, people are saying three by three. That's <laughs> insane. That is just so easy. So it was a three by three slider puzzle, and the difficulty really lied in the fact that they were drifting and there was wind, and you know the puzzle pieces were sliding, things like that. But all in all, I, you know, I agree with you that it didn't seem that difficult. But at the same time, I don't know what those conditions are like with that wind up there. You know, I think the problem wouldn't have been solving the actual puzzle, but holding on to the pieces. Uh, I definitely noticed that seeing that when you're drifting around, it makes it easy for that piece to slide. But mm-hmm. overall, I think for most people, the learning curve was, all right, the first 30 seconds or so might be rough, and then you kind of lock into it. It seemed like the people who really aren't good at puzzles weren't good at puzzles. That's what stood out. Like, Hunter, uh, I've pretty much bashed every aspect of this guy's game over the last <laughs> week, and this doesn't do him any favors either. He's, he's not much of a brain player. Um, that's he's really lose, He's losing it this season, in my opinion. Like, he's just not doing that well at the moment. Ooh. He's taken massive steps backwards. People it's... wanted there, – there was a brief minute there where people wanted to make Hunter possibly like uh, a, fa- a favorite of theirs. Oh, this is, you know, this is a guy I can get behind. I thought and... he was going to be a CT. Oh, it's just so, so far off. <laughs> so far off. And, 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 yeah, at some point, what, like if Hunter wasn't – a beta blocks project at this point obviously people know from social media that he opened a gym and he partnered with beta blocks and wes's company um wes would have zero association with this guy i, I highly doubt wes is going to go to another season and be like yeah hunter hunter's my guy no i don't it's know really about that think about the people that wes has aligned with in the past you know his his main alliance has been all of his closest friends who are all really shitty at the challenge so i don't necessarily know that his ideal person to align with is necessarily someone who's top challenger because think about i mean hunter's better than danny you know this is an upgrade this isn't this is literally an upgrade for wes and his past alliances hunter is better than danny i'll give it to him (laughs) but maybe danny needs to come back and claim and stake that claim oh god that's let's not a return the, i want to see let's just move on from that let's see it in the comments section hunter versus danny and hall brawl who you got give me give me danny <laughs> hunter versus danny and hall brawl all right guys who wins that drop that in the comments okay so back to the challenge the first up was d and she did pretty good but something that i noticed with this challenge along with uh you know similar to the the first challenge was it where they had the ropes and they were pulling 
uh, and there was the measurement amounts that determined the winners. So same lines with that one where we couldn't figure out who was winning or who was doing well because we didn't have times or anything like that, uh, which yep. I think if they were to add times to these rounds, it would make the, it would make the individual challenge rounds more complete because we would feel like we know how well they did. We understand the crowd reaction, but there's just too much room for editing. I dislike challenges like this. Uh, and I really appreciate that aspect of it when you have the times when you have a visual aid to work with. And I've been rewatching some old seasons lately and, and those are right there. It's right there for you to see and mm -hmm. compare and contrast. And we're just not going to get it at this point because MTV wants to have, they, they feel like that they, they want to have this added L of drama. They, 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 they want to have the, Oh, one of these four people is going to be in the tribunal. Who's going to be, but for me, my thing is, is I, I always found that as the viewer, you want to be in the know more so than the people that are actually playing. So it's always really cool when you can know, you know, if you're keeping track or paying attention to the numbers and the times, who's actually winning. And then maybe the last two people that go, they don't show the times for, you know, that's a really traditional edit style of old school challenges where they would show all the times up until the last couple people. So it was still kind of a mystery, but you had an idea of how well people did. Now, of course, editing could change all of those times easily you know it's not like they are necessarily being honest about them but at the same time it's still more complete and we still feel like we understand what they're trying to say because here it's hard to see or hard to tell how well people do it's it's you know a lot of them were just clapped and oh good job or wow the only one that was a noticeable difference was maddie yes maddie clearly had the top time another thing is when you have a challenge like this where it's kind of repetitive and you've got so many people doing the same thing and they only had a three-minute window. I'm sure most of the times were very similar. That that might have mm. gotten repetitive. Um, I can't I can't imagine there were many seconds separating everyone. Well, true. They only had a three-minute time limit, so you know that was definitely a factor there. Um, okay, so D goes up. She does pretty well. Theo goes up. He says he's like an ex-chess champion, which I thought was a cool part of his I, resume. Yeah, I did not know that. I'm and a big he, he fan was... of that. I thought that was really cool. I'm thinking, okay, he's got the speed and he's got the brains to go with it. He did not quite deliver. No on this P one. times out on this one. That was pretty bad. Um, and then we have your girl Kara going up. Ooh, and Kara, it seems like she does decent, but we don't really see. Uh, we don't really see too much, so we can't tell. Yeah. Uh, Wes, he goes up and he does pretty good. Uh, Georgia goes up. She times out. Polly goes up. He does well, and this is where Polly drops his line. Uh, about how you'd basically have to be an idiot for you to do bad in this challenge. So it does yes. give us a reference. You know, if Polly is saying that, then that means that it was a fairly easy challenge. I mean, if it was a three by three slider puzzle, that's ridiculous. Like that's so easy. <laughs> that's what it was. Also, that's I like so seeing um, I like seeing Jack back in the comments. Our resident hunter, Stan. Um, <laughs> I think that's solid. Uh, yeah, Jack. Thank thank you for coming back. Honestly, we just we need stands of for everyone. I, I was inviting um, I was inviting all these Kara stands into the live tonight. I hope some of them show up because, as some of you guys might know, I, I am planning. Uh, we are going to talk about the greatest female challengers ever uh, later in this episode once we get through our recap. So we are going to get to that. So we just need stands of everyone. We've got some Devin stands in here, some Hunter stands. We need Kara. Well, we, we have Robert in here. We all know Robert uh, stands. Kara. Rob, yeah, Robert's hard. a Kara stand. Yeah, he, he's one of the biggest. He's, like, in the camp. Honestly, it would not surprise me to learn that Robert and Cara Maria Defender have DM'd each other. I bet you that's happened. 
I honestly, yeah, I bet you that's happened too. Uh, yeah. In in the same in the same tune, guys, as stands. Why don't you drop right now? If you were a stan or are a stan, or if you could let yourself be a stan and be that kind of a person, who would you be a stan of right now in the challenge from this season? Who's killing it for you? Let us know your take. I'm sure we'll get Jack's uh, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter coming in. <laughs> that's interactive. Sunny, I like that interactive question. That's some professional. What's the point of going live right if we don't ask some questions, guys? Yep. I mean, and yep. also, you know, there's been some really remarkable characters this season. So I think there's quite a few people that you could stand. There are some hardcore personalities in that house right now. Think about how many, you know, usually there's just so few champs in that house, you know, and by champs, I mean champs of charisma, champs of personality, champs of yep. fight. There's a lot of those. And we have a great rookie class and barely any of the old, you know, boring vets so this is a good group to choose from um okay. wow wow Robert has never communicated with cmd and thinks he is toxic I, I i do know that car marie defender is a man that's what i've heard um that's pretty crazy that deserves a pin okay guys uh back to the challenge so we got polly goes up ninja goes up she completes it seems to do pretty well and then maddie goes up and this was the one that we knew killed it because everybody's reaction was wow you know she did it right after the bell rang and and uh, totally smashed this one and then the next four who go up hunter davon turbo and kyle all time out and they have a really sick editing sequence of these four guys timing out that i absolutely loved it was it was just like cool and there was all these different frames and different shots and they were putting them all together and it was really cool i liked it it was it was uh it felt like a video game almost you know as if we were watching it in in real time i really enjoyed it that that was like you said that was editing that really stood out and it's little mm -hmm. touches like that that can really make an episode uh just flow together better it, it gives it it gives the show it gives this season its identity so i really dug that yeah, and it's a cool way of fitting in four people going, you know, in a shorter amount of time where we don't necessarily have to see all of that stuff. So they still managed to get a lot of goodies in the episode. Uh, so yeah, I definitely loved that little montage there. I thought it was really cool. Up the production quality as we were expecting on this season anyways. Uh, so then we get the tribunal. This was, you know, to no surprise, first up was Maddie. I love that this was a girl-dominated tribunal, especially on a girl elimination day. I thought that, that was very fitting, very unlike what was it? Was it Vendetta's where they had the Troika? Yes. I can never remember yeah. anymore. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Some of these, some of these poor format decisions blend together. Mm. Um, that was Vendetta's, but this, this made a little more sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Wes who, you know, apparently smashed it and D coming in third. So Wes and D partners into the Troika. I mean, into the, what's it called? Uh, the Tribunal. tribunal. That's pretty sick right there. I mean, that's your biggest alliance probably in the house for D, if you think about it, because she's, she's so new. She has nobody else. Yes. And I, I had mixed feelings about it because when I saw, I, obviously I'm rooting um, every episode. I'm just rooting as hard as possible for Kara to at least see an elimination. Like that's really all. That's all I want, guys. I want Car to actually see an elimination. Okay, but what's your what's your gripe with this? I don't understand. Like, why does she have to see an elimination? Is it purely as a a viewer you want to watch it for entertainment, or because you feel like she has to go into an elimination? It's because she's skating like Johnny now, and and I, I don't like that. I don't like that. She's skating on a false reputation. But is that her fault? No. 
why would she why would you actively volunteer to go into nomination when you can politic your way to safety it just makes absolutely no sense all i want all i want at this point is for other people and hopefully wes and some of the things he said um is starts this turnaround i just want people to look at her the way they're looking at johnny as wait maybe she's not as big of a threat in in these eliminations as, as i had painted her out to be in the past and and you have to get in there time every once in a while to prove yourself you can't just skate through every season i mean i agree i agree in terms of entertainment i want to see her called in but at the same time i wouldn't place the blame on her for not having seen elimination because that's just that's not what you're supposed to do so if people are too scared to call her in that's on them i'd love to see georgia call her in the i'd love to see her lose i think that'd be awesome but who knows if that's going to happen and if it doesn't it's not on cara for not being called in Oh, I actually want to give a shout out to Diane. That's one of the Cara stands that I invited in here tonight. I'm happy she Ooh. made an appearance. That's a, a Canadian Cara stand. Diane might not know that I myself have some roots in Canada. I've got some property up there. So if you ever want to talk about uh, the Ontario province. Yeah. All right. So somebody, somebody dropped in the comments as well. Who, uh, who would be our, our stands? If we had to pick, who would we stand in this season? And uh, we got some comments here. People are saying that yours is definitely ninjas. Uh, oh god seems accurate very very accurate uh i'm i'm a casey stan for sure but in this season i'd have to go with bear 100 percent. and if i was having to pick with who is left right now i think i'd have to go with georgia she to me she, i mean it depends it could change based on who she calls in if she makes a big move and calls in cara i will stand that girl to death and even if she loses because that's that's just a good move to make i would love that and and i agree you know step up make that move show you're not scared um i stay i was standing bear just all out this season and since he's gone i'm i'm standless i don't really have anyone i i, I would i would really like to see wes um win the season that, that that's pretty much where all my stock is right now interesting all right so we got a Wes and a Georgia, <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum, currently in the house. Um, okay, so let's go into nominations. We get into the room. It seems like nominations are really uh, sort of formality at this point in the house. You know, everyone has who they're going to pick. There's so few people left to choose from. So it's pretty uh, simple for everybody. Maddie, she picks Kara. Uh, Wes picks Georgia. D picks Davon. And we get to see the starting point of when Wes turns this tribunal into basically his bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he controls this one. It's a girl's day. And even though there's two girls in there, they really let him take the reins. It's kind of a rookie mistake, in my opinion. Well, if you watch the show, if, if you're a fan of politicking and social game and making moves that aren't you know, not playing a physical game, playing a mental game. This mm. is kind of the, this is the crash course on it. This is, this is as purely strategic of a session as you're going to get. And Wes, Wes breaks it down very simple. That's the good thing about Wes is that he makes it very easy for you to follow along what it actually takes to make power moves in the house. And he says, this is what we do. We, we come up with scenarios for each of them and we try and broker deals with them to see who's going to give us power late in the game. Um, and it was very interesting to watch. I kind of, I knew where it was going. I knew that it was going to end up with Wes and Pauly and Cara making some kind of deal because of, because of that tease from earlier in the episode. And I also knew that Cara was most likely to make a deal like that. Mm. So it made sense to me that, that that's how it's, how it's going to go. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to 
fault Wes for making a deal with someone that I despise. Uh, he was looking for some kind of power to come out of the tribunal of power on a day where he wasn't even up for, you know, it wasn't even a guy's elimination. And he did. He came out with, uh, with a lot more power. And he, ca- he also came out with obvious targets who he can keep going after. So overall, great on Wes, great plays. I can't fault the guy. Yeah, I I mean, I knew what was going to happen just because now they're such good friends and it seems like that's how the season played out based on the interviews we've had with both of them and things like that. But I was hoping that the girls would step up a bit more because this is obviously far more beneficial for Wes than it is for Maddie and Dee. You know, Maddie and Dee can't trust Kara in the same way that Wes can because Wes is a bigger ally and a bigger asset for those two than Dee and Maddie are going to be. And so I'm just, I'm worried that this was a wasted tribunal for those two girls. Like it feels like, it feels like we finally get two girls in on a girls elimination day to pick for the people and they just allow it to all go to Wes's hand. Like why was Georgia the one to go in when she would have been a better ally to Maddie and Dee for sure than Carr would because they're rookies. They're going to stick together a lot more than they would with her. Uh, They're sort of in this grab the pitchfork rebellion mode against Wes. So they have that going. It just seems weird. I mean, Kara is such a bigger threat. She's a proven champion of the game. She understands she's trained for finals. This is like what she trains for. You know, Georgia can run, but can Georgia carry a bunch of shit? We have no idea what the final is going to be. And I think it's a dangerous move. Like, why keep Kara in there? And I have a feeling that Kara, I don't know, it just seems silly. It seems silly on the girls' part. They have a shot to go after her when they don't have to go against her. Why not do it? Well, as Wes said about Kara, and it's something that I've been trying to say, so maybe people will listen to Wes saying it, he said that Kara is an overrated winner. Um. And yeah, but that was that was probably that to spoke just, to me. I feel like that was his gameplay, though, to get them I, to not put her in. Somewhat, but but I also see what he's saying. You know, he's saying there's he was saying there's obvious places that this girl struggles that people overlook. People yeah. people haven't been focusing on those flaws. People think about her beating Naya in an elimination. That's like an enduring image that plays in people's minds, and that's where Kara excels. She's got upper body strength, and we've talked about that a lot. So if, if she's in an elimination where she's tethered to someone or it's, it's about, you know, pulling your weight she's got a, or grip strength, she's got a great chance. That's what she's all about. But if you put her in a situation where it's like a high stress, you know, some kind of puzzle, if, if you put her in a she situation won, where there's she water. She in a puzzle final. So that's that puzzle point. was garbage. And I'm not going to say that's a moot point. That puzzle was garbage. That I don't even remember garbage. the puzzle, to be, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I actually can't um, tell you what the puzzle looked like. So maybe that's true. But I, I don't know. It just seems silly. It's like, why not? Why not go after her? And at the same time, like, why? I don't know. I feel like I feel like Georgia is up for grabs right now. She doesn't have her biggest ally in the house. There's only Theo left, pretty much. So why not make her your ally? Why not make her your number one? The girl's there for the taking. I don't know. Kara's not there for the taking. Kara's well, so set. It's just, it's, it's weird. It's a weird... It's a weird move. And, for, and for that's where Wes, that's where Wes really dominated it because he doesn't, his entire plan in that tribunal was to make Georgia the obvious target for everyone yeah. because it's the easiest person for him to target. So he comes up with his point, his sticking point, his selling point. Oh, she's the best runner in the house. Like, like yeah. she, she's an incredible runner. Why, why would you want to go up against her if, if you're, if you're another woman? because she's so good at that. 
so he he totally worked them on that mm, yeah they, that was i mean yeah a big win for Wes for sure um okay so the aftermath after the nominations we hear Kara and nani finally get into it from last week's preview this was an exciting as fuck fight i think we see nani's fiery side she's sort of coming out to play uh something that we haven't seen in a while from nani obviously not seeing nani in a while uh and you know this convo I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you took it, but it seems like how could Nani ever trust Kara in the game after that conversation by the way that she was wording things? It was so roundabout and, uh, you know, tiptoeing around the I, subject, trying to, like, protect herself. It just, it abso- was Absolutely. She, she was <clears throat> my weekly survivor references. If you're watching, <laughs> you know, one of the things that always kills people, if you're watching Final Tribal for Survivor, and you've got someone who's stammering over all their words, who's, who's trying to, like, who, who doesn't just want to own their shit. Someone who's trying to still come off good. And it just makes them come off worse. Mm. And you're, you know, if they're like, so tell me about when you screwed this person in the back. Uh, well, oh, no, I, I didn't screw this person over. Like, and that's kind of what Kara was doing. She was, she was trying to two-step around it and, and avoid all the messy words. And, yeah, if you're Nani, you just have to, you have to cut that tie immediately. First chance you get. Yeah, that was a big two-step. That's a good way to word it. It was literally a two-step around the topic. And she, ah, you just, you, I could get such a bad vibe from that. I mean, it, it's weird, though, why the vets have really not stuck together this game. They were, t- I mean, they were torn apart up until recently. And at this point, they're completely outnumbered on the girls' side. The fact that Kara think- doesn't want to team up with Lonnie, I think is stupid. Well, I think Irving and Robert nail it here. And and even for Kara, I think one of the reasons Kara might not want to align with Nani is Kara probably views Nani as beatable, more beatable than some of the other girls that are left. And mm. Irving's right. You know, Nani going back to what we saw at the start of the season was Nani playing from a position of power and, and just a very calm, level-headed political game. Well, partnered she, you with, know, she looked with refreshed. Rebo. And yeah, exactly. And tonight, it definitely looked like old Nani. We, how many fights like this have we seen Nani get in over the years? You think she's and, really scared? It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. pulling that move. I mean, I, I, I do think Kara could beat Nani. I think most of the girls could beat Nani, but I don't necessarily want to see her in an elimination because I'm dying to see some crazy action between you know a Georgia and a Kara. I wouldn't want Georgia to call a ninja because I think that's a an obvious uh, an obvious win. For ninja but i would like to see Kara in there well so. i actually i was thinking about this we don't know what this elimination is going to be and if i was georgia I, I i that thought literally ran through my head i was like if i'm georgia I, and this this elimination could be a 50 50 i'm calling in ninja this seems like the perfect time to call her in because it's going to be some kind really? of weird mental game i think it doesn't look like this is going to be physical at all i didn't get a good look at the elimination what was the setup like it's it's two rope circles that are far away from each other there's two there's a chair in each circle so i i imagine they're going to be sitting in it and then there's a bell outside of it so at some point you have to go ring the bell i literally have no idea what it could be but shit that's gonna be interesting maybe they have to untangle it or something some sort of rope game they're bringing back a lot of classic styles so i could see that yeah i i I don't know i don't know what to expect but 
Casey's comment is interesting because, you know, I agree with her. It was not the most exciting episode for me. There were portions that were really exciting, but all in all, I think we've had way better episodes this season for sure. This, this episode was all about setting up future, um, setting up, here's the current political landscape of the mm. season and setting that up moving forward. Now, for those of you who watch our stuff and listen to all of our episodes, if you listen to our Wes interview, you will remember that Wes made a comment in there. He said, I can't spoil anything, but I do have some issues with Kara for, you know, things that she did on the, you know, on the season that's currently airing, uh, things that she did, things that she did to me, which makes me believe hearing that and then seeing this, it just seems prime. Like Kara's going to screw Wes over. Kara's going to go back on their agreement somehow. That's all, the sense I'm getting. I also got a sense from Wes that Devon, because, you know, she, saying that she was like an elimination queen or, you know, him and her and Bear. So I'm not sure. I mean, it's possible that she goes in against Georgia, beats her. There's a lot of foreshadowing from a few of our interviews that we can, we can infer some, some goodies from there. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how that's going to go down. I also agree with Jack. Um, definitely got the sense that maybe it could be some kind of electric chair elimination, some kind of shock uh, elimination. Oh, those are so scary. Okay, so there's yeah. this thing in Mexico. It's like, a, I forget what, I think, is it called tokus? It's like, it's like when you're touching, right? That's what the word means. And it's when you take two electric shock-like things and you connect them and everybody holds hands in a circle and, and then you like all get shocked. And honestly, I did that once in Playa and it's fucking scary. Like that shit, I was like, woo! And we were all out of the club. This guy's just like walking around like, tokus, tokus! <laughs> if, that's, if that's what it is, that'd be kind of scary. To, perfect situation to call Natalie out. You think? I think perfect situation to call Cara out. Like get her out. I don't ditto, understand. Ditto. But yeah, either or I would be think... a great elimination, but I'd prefer, and I agree, I'd prefer not to see Nani or Devon because I don't want something boring. I want her to take in one of the beasts or one of the quote unquote beasts of the season. Um, okay, so let's move in. We got tribal council. This is where we Tr tribal council. I got survivor. I got survivor on your brain. We got tribunal council. I can't with all of the tries. Tri Troika try to try to It's just like crazy. Um, okay, so tribu tribunal council. Uh, Wes is negotiating. He's doing his whole thing. He's starting the whole deal. Blah blah blah. You see, Devon try and counter offer, and they quickly shut her down. Which horrible counter offer. I mean, yeah, but it, just, it, it, it showed me that it was clear they didn't want to make a deal with Devon. Like, Wes knew what he was going in there to do. He wanted to make a deal with Kara and nobody else. So he wasn't even going to yeah. accept anything either way. From Yeah, he, he backed Devon into a corner mm -hmm. where everything he's, everything he's putting on the table, there's no way she can accept it. And then for her to be like, well, here's my counteroffer. Uh, I'll watch your back. <laughs> Thanks, oh, cool. Devon. Cool. You're going to watch good. my back. Got it. <laughs> I mean, but that's, I, he, he knew exactly how that was going to play out. He knew that she wasn't going to say yes to that. So it was just, it was a formality at, at that point. Uh, and then you got Kara coming in and she's presented the deal and she says, you know, I'm going to go bring this back to Polly and we'll see how it goes. And then later you get Kara and Polly and Wes uh, talking on the deal. And this is, I mean, I'm not sure what you think about this deal. I don't know who benefits more from it. It seems weird that they're trying so hard to protect Polly and Kara, or that Wes would want to. <sighs> I think Wes benefits the most from it um, because Kara and Polly have people gunning for them. But, but really, like the the only way 
that Wes, no, nobody's necessarily gunning for Wes. The only, uh, but there is a, there is a situation with Wes where there's males left in the house that might view him as an easier beat than someone else. Mm. So he's, he, he's essentially protecting himself from a situation where Pauly might be on the killing floor and think to call out Wes, like think that he would have a shot. And, and Wes doesn't want that situation to play out. That, that's pretty much what he blocked himself from, assuming they follow the deal. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think Wes just is really enjoying you know controlling this house right now i totally agree with what alex is saying that he's the puppet master he's you know he's he's moving all of his pieces i think for the first time he's come into a season he's got his little rookie army going and he managed to get rid of all of his opposition within the first couple weeks you know between bananas zach and and that whole group and now he he's just like living for it he's politicking for fun at this point because he doesn't necessarily even have to yeah, Wes is fun to watch. He's an example of so we call we've been calling out people a lot for scripting their lines on this season. Um, there's people who do that, and Wes is. I mean, people I've heard a bunch of people say all the time. Wes is pretty notorious for writing stuff down, or if people say something, he'll take oh, it and make it his own. But, but it's just a, it's just a matter of if you have the charisma and the personality to pull it off. It's it's very entertaining. It, it doesn't come off mm. forced. Ken, Kenny was the same way. I've heard that Kenny wrote down a lot of his stuff and then he would deliver that in confessionals, but he's got such a, such a great personality. So, and, you know, he's so entertaining that what he says, it comes off in a way that entertains you. But when, you know, when Gus or Hunter are the ones delivering the scripted lines, it's very boring television. Yeah, it's all in the delivery. And it's not such a bad thing to write things down. Think about the fact that they're going to these interviews hours later, maybe days later, talking about things that they you know, are not in the moment or are not currently doing. So for them to have to remember what they were thinking, what they were feeling during that time, it's a little bit difficult. So if you write something down in the moment, you think of something funny while it's happening, then you can read into the you know, interview room later. You still thought of it. Obviously, if production's writing your lines, then we have some serious issues. Uh, it seems <laughs> yeah. like that that happens you know you can tell when that happens for sure as well when somebody else gets a line written for them and the way they deliver it is a completely unnatural you know it's just so not them not their wording whatsoever uh i i feel like we get that a lot from gus and you know someone like kyle for sure gets some of his lines written for him but he's a really good deliverer like he he delivers yeah. his lines great so for him it's a little bit different so I do agree with you. It's, it's, all, it's all in the delivery. It's all on how you execute what you're about to say. And I'm not necessarily opposed to the writing down thing. I don't think that's like a horrible thing to do. Uh, I agree with Corey. I'm definitely missing Shailene on this season. Uh, it's not the same without her. Destiny. Whoa. Destiny is an O-O-O-G. Destiny played Virtual Challenge Org season one. And wow. we've got her in here. That's she is she's org royalty in the house. Uh, Destiny, I'm gonna stick with what I say. I think Georgia picks Ninja and beats her. Takes okay, her out. that's such a far stretch. Um, okay, so then we, you know, after the Polly and Kara deal, we get Nani ripping on Kara to Maddie some more. Kara, hey, I knew Zach was probably smiling from ear to ear during all of these scenes. I literally had your head in my head. I was thinking like, oh, this mm -hmm. guy's for sure smiling. Like this is his, this is his moment right here. Uh, and then we go into the night out, and this is where we see Devon gathering the pitchforks gathering all the peasant people trying to rebel against king wes and make some moves you know she's a strong-headed woman and she's not gonna let somebody try and manipulate her and you see that you know you see that in the way that she plays this game but at the same time 
it's a little bit stupid because you have to have the strength and the numbers to do that and to make that move against someone like West and to get in his crosshairs. I mean, you know, there is also the devil's advocate point of view where she already is in his crosshairs. She's going to be sent in by him anyways. But I do think that there are smarter ways to approach the political game than she does. Uh, I think she comes from a lot of passion and fire and not necessarily, she's not like necessarily thinking, how can I avoid this elimination? She's more like, I'm already going to go in. I'm not going to let him manipulate me on the way. This is a, this is a, I I, I hate to keep, I mean, we're talking about survivor a lot tonight, so, but I'm (laughs) going to keep it going. This is another classic survivor situation here. You've got Davon rallying the troops saying, listen, they're trying to power play us. Can't let it happen. We have to stick Mm. together. We have to stay unified. And you see this a lot, especially when the tribes merge. Once you get to the merge and survivor and you've got your numbers coming together and it's about who has more numbers from the old tribes going into it. And you say, okay, we have to stick together. If we have to draw rocks, we have to draw rocks. And there's always one person, one weak-minded person that flips and takes the deal. And of course, Wait, that is going to be car in this What situation. does it mean to draw rocks? Explain that so to me. So drawing it. rocks is if, if you have a vote that ends in a tie, and then you have a revote and it ends in a tie again, you draw rocks. But what is drawing rocks? Like the smallest rock is... Literally, everybody puts their <laughs> hand in the bag and they pick out rocks. And whoever draws, it's like white and black rocks. And, or, and whoever draws the one off-color rock is out. You're out of the whole game. You essentially oh, lose the chance. Um, wow. And, that's... You leave it the chance to see if the tribe gets the upper hand. And it rarely happens. It's a very rare occurrence on Survivor. And, uh, but, you know, somebody always flips from that situation. Somebody always panics and flips. And, uh, of course, it was going to be Kara here. Of course, Kara was going to be like, nah, I'm going to take the deal. Sorry, ladies. Well, I, okay. So, so, essentially, what you're saying is the fact that during those moments, instead of having it go to a second tie to have to pick the rock, somebody turns, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. that's, the same, that's, that's the same thing as what's been happening now where the tribunal is in a tie and TJ will ask them the questions and somebody will always turn to make it a not, you know, to make it not a tie. But I don't really understand what you're saying in terms of how Kara is playing this game. How does that relate to picking rocks? How is Kara because... like... Cause I don't understand Devon was doing. like, Devon was like, listen, the three of us have to stick together. If the three of us stick together, uh, we'll figure it out. And yeah, but I don't think Carr, do it. Yeah, but Carr wasn't into that deal in the first place. It's not like they had the deal and then Carr flipped after this moment. It's like Devon brought an idea to them to try and save her ass as well because she knew Carr was going to take that deal. So she was trying to prevent that from happening. There's a lot of different, a uh, lot of different sides right now. There's a lot of, you can, there's so many, when you get to this point in the game, there's just so many different ways that you can look at a situation and interpret who's doing what and why. And that, that is the engaging part of this. I do like that. Well, it's Jack because, shooting his shot in the but, comments <laughs> section. <laughs> because, because there's also, you know, you have to think about it as well in the fact that there's no fat to trim right now there's just solid competitors solid challengers and a lot of them don't have these long you know these long alliances from way back when like the ogs and the vets have you know these are new rookies they're constantly forming new things so for Devon, she's thinking she has a chance at doing this thing with Kara, but Kara's obviously not going to do that you know what i mean but the rookies have an opportunity here like they have an opportunity to actually make some moves again which is why it's disappointing that they've now it's like west got out all of his big vet competition kept in the vets that he wanted to keep in brought them all to the end got the rookies to do all of his work taking out all those initial vets and now he's having the rookies take out each other while sitting pretty with the vets that he actually wants to have having his back that's exactly yeah, west how it's gone has down. west has 
controlled the entire mm. season. And really the only wrench that was thrown into it was Bear. And that's why Wes reacted so poorly to Bear because Bear was the only one screwing up his plans and winning some eliminations. And, and getting in his overall- head. Yeah, yeah. Getting in his head. That was, a, you know, I think now that Bear, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because now that Bear is gone, we're seeing a Wes really up his manipulation game, mm-hmm. really his political game because he has the opportunity and he has the clear mind. He was really fucked up when when Wes was, when Wes, when Bear was in the house. I mean, he, you could see it. Like his eyes were all glazed over. You could see he was losing sleep over this guy. Yeah. yeah. Bear had, Bear brought just the perfect amount of resistance into the house. And now I do have a worry that the rest of the season is just going to be this, this veteran, you know, glad handing each other, which I, I really don't want to see. I don't really want to see Wes and Cara working together. That's kind of boring. Like the, the, the most exciting part of this episode for me was Nani and Kara going at it. Like that was interesting. I, I want to see more of that. I wouldn't mind seeing Wes and Kara work together if people go after them. I just don't want it to be like they start working together, all the rookies start protecting them too. Because that's just, you could just see it's like the rookie delusion where they think that they're in the crew, but they're actually not. They're just expendable pawns at the bottom of the totem pole i I don't know i just i find i want to see them go after them you got theo you have georgia you have davon um you have maddie and i mean you could also get kyle involved in this that's a strong ass crew even if you know you want to include d although i think that she'll probably stick with uh she'll probably stick with wes and ninja so you you could gather all those people and go after these remaining bets there's not many of them like you take out nani you take out car you take out wes what are you left with you know well, it'll be cool it'll be cool um okay so night out there was also the west rumpelstiltskin uh comparison oh yeah you got the, got the the rumpelstiltskin face edit um i really appreciate a day going into that and, and that's an awesome comparison um they're doing a lot of editing this season like cool edits. yeah you know, the charlie's the wes's angels they're adding in a lot of the graphics the, the thing during the daily challenge now this with rumpelstiltskin like things are yeah getting I'm, I'm really digging it i i really did not like the uh, the amanda exorcism in the beginning of the season i i thought that was um really dumb and and just just an example of of production really allowing people to pile on to someone and, and kind of allowing that sort of mindset. But, uh, but everything they've done since then, I've really been digging. Calhoun, the bully advocate. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> In oh, certain situations. If you would have told me that like two years ago, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Um, it's actually it's coming <laughs> on the two year mark of all of the challenges, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's, May of yeah, May of 2017. That is, is when, crazy. Yeah, when the first season happened. For all of you guys yeah. who don't know, you know, we all met in the virtual challenge world, and that's it's been two years since that whole life started. Like that's insane. That's actually insane. Two. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're about that life. The, the games aren't the same anymore. Most of the legends have uh, have moved on. Yeah, we're uh, all tired. We still, yeah, we'll we'll come back for like an all star season eventually. Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Me and Alex yeah. always randomly pop into one of our chats and we'll just be like, "What? There's still games happening." <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm life like, is better without them. It's just exhausting. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that zone now too. 
well yeah you got a kid you have to be um okay so so we uh we move on from the night out we get back in and we have georgia approaching west and georgia's ballsy you know she she has this isn't even when she's drunk this is like the next day so she has a clear mind and she's doing this conversation uh, and she's rescinding her deal with Wes. She's saying, I don't want to make a deal with the devil. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to sell my soul in order to save myself from elimination or whatever it was. And, and that was a move. I think Devon really got to her. She hyped her up enough to do that. Yeah. But it's like, that's, that's. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm like, sh- I'm shook by, by what Robert just said to me, Robert, that, that was, that wasn't even that. That was like a half season for me. I think I was playing two other games at the same time as that. I I played in that season as a favor. There was, was a, a freshman too. Who was who was it? Who? It, 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 it it was it wasn't like on the main line. Somebody else hosted it. Alex beat uh, me in freshman one. She cheated. She had Gabe play against me, and <laughs> Gabe, didn't know, Gabe didn't know that he was playing against me, and he beat me. But I actually beat Alex's OG score, which was pretty sick. So in theory, that like, that I season I was on. on I, that was like um, I was like Evan on Rivals, you know. He he had a business engagement, so he came on, collected his check, and then he left. That's that's what happened for me. You're like just a fat whale as well. That, that your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your level of, of computer game shape was was at that point. I was freshman too. No, freshman during that season, I was definitely in my prime. That was when I attacked AJ. That's when Shannon was created. Was that when Shannon was created? I think it might be when Man, Shannon was created. Aji is. I have to give props to Aji. So we all post about like all our challenge related content on the challenge groups. You know, we'll go on challenge fans or challenge talk. But if you're actually friends with Aji on Facebook, he just legit on his own personal feed posts about challenge stuff <laughs> all the time. It's so funny. He's got all these hot takes. Oh, and I don't know who he's, I don't know who he's firing it off to. And I'm just like, dude, just post that on challenge fans. Why, why are you doing that on your own feed? Who's, who's oh going to invest in this? Up. I need yeah. to, okay. I need to add him on, uh, on Facebook. I always call him AJ, but, uh, yeah, you got to friend him up. Yeah. I got to friend him. Cause that's hilarious. I, I, I don't even post my, this podcast shit on my own page. Cause I'm like, friends, you should watch this, but what are they going to, they don't know about this show. What are yeah. they going to we're, we're, Yeah. This is, it's for the community, you know, it's by the community for the community. <laughs> um it's it, yeah it's it's our food the people by the people yeah this is this is our fubu um okay let's uh, let's make it to the end of this episode here i know people are dying to discuss the uh the female challenge goats with yes, us so we'll, we'll definitely we'll we don't have much left here so this is good so we get um you know west car and Polly. they solidify their deal whatever that whole nonsense was nani and kyle talking and basically commiserating on the fact that you know they're, they're sort of shit out of luck and have to deal with uh this constant battle between Kara and Kyle and this animosity that she seems to have even though she's quote-unquote over uh Kyle and that she's in love with Polly and and whatever which you know I think may in fact be true but the way that she goes about it and the behavior is suspect and I could see why Nani and Kyle are confused for sure uh, and then we have Maddie and Dee dealing with Kara they finally make the deal they solidify it then they say that they're not striking seems a bit silly and like the rookies are giving up way too much uh for way too little from those two and then we head into the killing floor and this is where we get the vote so maddie goes georgia d goes davon a smart move on d's part in my opinion and then west goes for georgia and this is when we get our first proper cliffhanger of the season Ooh, an exciting time for all of us because we know that this is going to be a killer if they're cliffhanging this elimination uh and we don't know who georgia has picked yet but 
we're hoping it's going to be one of either Ninja or Kara, which would be yeah. quite the showdown that I am eager to see. That would be that would be sick as fuck. Yeah, I really want Georgia in her mind to reason this is a 50-50 elimination and try and take a shot. That would be awesome. Oh, Marcy brings up uh, Polly telling Cara to change her tone. That actually was a pretty cool moment. I I like that because, you know, you see people are constantly commenting on their relationship and considering all the comments, I actually don't necessarily see a lot of the negativity that people are commenting on so often. You know, people say this toxicity and da da da, but it seems like they have a good balance of not letting the other walk all over them. You know, Polly is not someone who's just going to allow Cara to dictate the terms of of his life and it seems like the same way for Kara as well she demands things you know on on her end uh, that she needs in the relationship so i'm not sure exactly what people are constantly hating on obviously the start was rocky but the start of so many relationships is rocky um i here's my thoughts on Polly in this episode what do you think about Polly commenting that he is not insecure there was that that was that was something else that happened in the very beginning of the episode. Wes said that Polly is insecure, and Polly said that he's the least insecure person in the house. Where do we sit on this? Is Polly an insecure person? So the way I see it is that Polly is someone who is constantly actively developing his personality, his character, who he is as a human. He seems like he's someone who's always trying to just better himself in every way. And you know, when you are actively creating who you are as a human being, you have a lot more confidence than somebody who's just passively going about life and letting life dictate how they react and how they behave. And so for me, when I see, you know, from the interview that we had with him, and this is, this is not from watching the show as much as it is from the interview that we had with him and speaking to him firsthand, is that I saw somebody who does have confidence in himself, still has things he wants to work on, still sees that he has a lot of faults and he's you know, constantly growing in those areas and is self-aware about those things. And to me, that's someone who's confident. Like you can know that you have areas you have to work on, that you, are, that you have areas that you're shit at, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be insecure about it. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be, you know, lose confidence or lose sleep over the fact that you're bad at those things. And so, you know, I, I do disagree with that. And I do think that he's not an insecure person. And I, I think what we see in Kara is an attempt to grow and improve from her insecurities to overcome her insecurities, but it's really, really hard for her to do that as a person. Those seem to be deeply ingrained in her. So it seems like it's really difficult for her. And it seems that Polly is attempting to try and help her in that area. Um, and Kara in trying to get over her insecurities is acting out in some of these ways that we're seeing, you know, things that she thinks will help, right? Blocking people on Twitter, deleting social media accounts, which actually 100% will help people. Deleting social media is great for some human beings. Um, but those kind of things that then are interpreted poorly by the fans, you know, when she gained a bunch of confidence being with Camilla, to her, she thought maybe if she plays the game in that way, she'll get over those insecurities of being the the weak one or the weak one in the game. And and so, you know, it's it's... I don't see Polly's insecure. I do see Cara's insecure, but I think that Cara is trying to get over those things. It's just really hard for some people. Like some people have deeper insecurities than other. And I don't, I just can't see Polly as someone who's insecure. I can't, if, you, if someone is actively being who they are, choosing to be the person they are, whether it's to be an asshole or to be a great human being, that's someone with confidence because they're choosing that. They're making those decisions. They're actively aware of what they're doing and they're embracing that. There's a big difference between that and somebody who just allows life to 
hit them in the face and that's what dictates you know their behaviors and stuff like you have to be stronger than that i see that in polly i do think that polly has and granted pretty much everybody has some insecurities about themselves but there have been instances where polly has shown uh some insecure traits um when everything was going down with Kara and Danielle and, you know, just those, those whacked out Instagram lives that Paulie was doing to try and defend himself, <laughs> to try and defend the position. Like you could see those things coming out. Paulie's also the kind of person where he wants you to know that he's a little bit of everything, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a well-learned individual. I'm an athletic guy. I'm, I'm an intellectual. He wants to give you all those sides of himself because maybe there are some insecurities there about what he really is. So he presents a little bit of everything to you um, of what, of what he is. Maybe, but at the same time, like I would love to be able to promote all of those sides of myself, but you know, th- it's a difficult thing to go about doing that. So I, I appreciate those who do. I, I do see what you mean in that he has some areas to grow. Like you see some insecurities from time to time, but as a whole, as a person, I just wouldn't say that he's an insecure person. I would say maybe there are moments where, you know, insecurities show, but isn't that, you know, like, or, like you're being a saying in the comments right now, if you're not insecure, are you even breathing? And that's what Marie said. Um, and to some extent, I agree with that statement, but I do think that, you know, you can be breathing and not insecure, you know, just have moments of that, just glimpses of that. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, I just don't, yeah, see, so some people, I don't see it as a whole. Some people are defined by their insecurity. Cars insecurity stands out more so than, than most other people, especially on the show. But yeah, uh, uh, most people have some level of insecurity. Some people are more defined by it than others. Yeah, because Car is so constantly trying to change that. And so she's doing everything she thinks she needs to do, but it's not necessarily working. So we're seeing it more. It's so apparent. Uh, Corey's, uh, J- Corey just said, uh, um, was it Corey? Who was it? No, Rebecca. Rebecca just said to compare him to his brother. And yeah, you know, Co- Cody, I don't know if you know, Cody is like, Cody is, Cody is so hot, so confident, <laughs> super chill. You know, he he has a really great air about him where he doesn't have to prove himself, which is a big deal uh, for me because it's someone who's constantly trying to prove themselves. Then you know something's up. You know it's just a little bit annoying. And Cody does not have that. So I do agree. I would say I would say his brother is more confident than he is for sure. Uh, okay. Cody's he's so hot. He needs to come on the challenge. He would be a great challenger. And he's a well, soccer player. Well, there we go. Uh, I'm gonna have to get the the soccer scouting report on him from from Alex. She is the uh, she is the the soccer expert around here. Yeah, you know, our resident athlete. Of, yeah, she's got a lot of knowledge about this stuff. Um, I think this is a good place to leave off on on yes. on the episode. And as it stands, we're excited to see what happens with this elimination next week. There's a pretty there's a lot of decisions that Georgia has to make here. That's adorable, actually. Guys, look at my um, dog. He's so cute right now. Hank. Um, so where we are moving now to end this episode, in the last portion here, for whatever reason, sometimes things, sometimes topics just, they just take over and, and everybody ends up on the same wavelength and somehow we're talking about the same thing. So I don't know how plugged in you were to the challenge community over the last week, but I swear not. Over, the last, over the last five or six days or so, it has been nonstop all of this talk about who is the greatest female challenger of all time. I've seen multiple topics on challenge fans, challenge talk on Twitter. Everyone's talking about it right now. I have seen that. A lot of people started that. And and I even got myself invested in it. And I'm thinking the same thing because 
the natural uh so the way that this starts every time is people talking about Kara. people talk about Kara saying is she the greatest of all time or where does she rank and then she's got a lot of stands obviously who will we got laurel emily always yeah. coming in at the argument yeah. so so then i i would you know i came in i certainly had some disagreements with this and, and said what where i think car is on the all-time rankings but then it just got me thinking about my all-time rankings overall so first and foremost i will say this on my list that i have prepared Kara is not in the top five um and i think that's i think that stands up against everything i, I don't think there's any way you can talk me into putting car in the top five and I could really make a case to have her near the end of the top 10, out of the top 10. There's been a lot of really There's solid been a female lot. challengers. I wouldn't and put her honestly, top five either. What works against Cara for me is that she's done so many seasons. So Cara's done 13 seasons, which that's, a lot. that's all well and good. But she's been to so she's been to seven finals in 13 seasons and she's won two of them if you if you just divide that if you take the percentages out of it she mm -hmm. doesn't even compare to other to other great women on the show who were in who appeared on far less seasons and have a much higher percentage of making the final from the seasons that they were on are we going example, all time all time women all challenges all time season one all time, to all time all right. And, yeah, and you can judge by whatever metrics you want, but you need to have you need to have a system pretty close to a uniform yeah understanding of the system. So obviously, mm -hmm. total seasons one that plays into it big time. Finals, and that's I, I understand that you know I, I finals per you know contrasting final total finals with total seasons played I think is important, but I really don't like the argument. Sometimes people will rip apart certain challengers that I happen to stand by saying, oh, he never made a final before. I don't think that's a value. I don't think that's as valuable an argument. As people ding, think ding, because... <laughs> ding. Our resident Shane, our resident Shane there, comment. There's been, there's been people, there's been really bad people who make finals because that's the strategy of the game. You want to carry some of those bad people to the end. So, so I, don't, I don't consider that as an all-encompassing fact. But obviously seasons one, elimination record uh and and i just think there there needs to be something that stands out for political game now i don't really know how to quantify that with one challenger in particular i can though so i want to talk about first and foremost rachel robinson i would put rachel a hundred percent in my top five she's know. in my top five hundred percent now she was you on seven to. yeah rachel has been on seven seasons she's won two seasons She's been to three finals, but her elimination record is only one and one. And I think hmm. that right there indicates exactly why she might be, she is without a doubt one of the greatest social players of all time. She might be the greatest female social player of all time. So check this stat out. Rachel was on the gauntlet. She was on the Inferno 2 and she was on the Duel 2. Those are three heavy elimination-based seasons. on. All three of those seasons, she went into zero eliminations. Between it's almost like all the three mark of, of the females. And yeah, and exactly. That that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy. That that's how much respect she had, but also how much she was running the social game in the house. That between those three seasons, she appeared on zero. The only season she ever appeared in an elimination on was uh X's. But she also won. Yeah, but also you have to remember it's yeah. like 
like she had the fear factor, which is something that a lot of other girls in that time didn't necessarily have because she was so big and so much taller and so much stronger than most of the other girls at the time. Like this wasn't the time during CrossFit athlete, you know, days when most of the girls are slightly ripped. This was before that. And most of them were out of shape. Most of them were really thin or a little bit chunkier and out of shape. I mean, there wasn't that many girls that were, you know, whooping ass in the gym like Rachel was. She was a beast. So she also scared people, which was a big plus, uh, you know, which was a big plus for her in her social game. So she had that. It was like the competition meets social game. No one wanted to send her in because they liked her and because they were scared shitless of her. So where we stand with that is, I I think the way we'll do this, I think we'll settle without an order on the five greatest female challengers. I think we can do that. I think mm. we can come to, and, and uh, we can order them how we want. Um, the next person I want to talk about, and this obviously shout out goes to Alex. This is her all time queen. I want to talk about Laurel. All right. I think Laurel is another, no doubt about it. Top five, all time female challenger. Mm. What you have with Laurel five seasons played four finals. So that's, Four finals out of five seasons played. Right there is insane. Um, wow, four for five? That's an insane yes, stat. Four That's out of five. That's an insane stat. Yeah, one season win and a nine and one elimination record, which is just fucking nuts. And That's an 80% rate of, of, of hitting finals. That's yes. crazy. And then you look at the, the only, and really the only black mark on Laurel's record at all is Invasion. And that was her only loss. She lost to Camilla in the not so fast elimination. <gasps> Missed out that. on wow. going to the final. And and honestly, if you rewatch that, and I think Laurel's even said it herself, like she she pseudo through that. She it seemed like she just gave up at the end. Like she wasn't into mm-hmm. it. I, I would really like to revisit that and figure out why she did that, but Honestly, I don't. Camilla has her more that. fight. I mean, she had more yeah. fight in that challenge for sure, and in that elimination, she had way more fire. You could you could see it. Laurel wasn't and the same. Also, another thing to keep in mind is that Laurel has already that Laurel lost to Camilla straight up in that elimination, but Laurel's already beaten her in two other eliminations previously. She Which beat, other ones she, did she beat her in? Uh, she knocked her out on cutthroat on that elimination yes. where they're on the dice and you have to make yes. the dice line up. Yeah. Um, and then her, I want, I believe her and Kara took out Camilla and Teresa on Rivals. Does that sound right? Mm, was that the one where they pretended like they weren't going to play? Oh, Teresa man, and Camilla, I, where I they were like, we're not going to try. Yeah. We're not going to try. And then they, and then they went in there and tried. That was one where they were flipping over the things. And it was the first time that they did it. So they had the full five minutes to just flip them over. Yes, and then the later versions of that elimination were in rounds because it was so stupid to have them go for five minutes straight. Then it was like in rounds of three or whatever. I remember that one. That was, that was a good I, I forgot everyone hates how I say her name. <laughs> Laurel. Laurel. I, I don't Laurel. even know how to say it. I don't say it right anymore because I'm hearing you say it. Laurel. 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 Um, there we go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not getting into this again, but without a doubt, that's another top five. Yeah. So I think- we've got... Those two are also just their household challenge names. You, you have to give it to them. Now, I'm wondering who you're putting up next. The other, you know, another no doubt top five uh, is Evelyn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know about that. Give me the stats. Really? Give you me the have Evelyn no doubt I in your ne- top five? 
I was never really impressed with Evelyn up until I would say, uh, what was that? Was it Rivals 1 when- with, with Paula. It was Rivals 1 when Evelyn was talking sense into Wes about how like Evan and them could not take out CT. And she was the only one who seemed to really have a good yeah. grasp on- yeah on assessing the situation at hand like she was the only one who was making assessments i agreed with during that season because i thought they were all delusional otherwise but i don't know i i was never the biggest evelyn fan i thought she was all talk the way she would you know played with luke on fresh meat that was bullshit like she was a shitty ass partner i have my she could have won that she could have won that if she tried and didn't get so worked up and she also was the type to get so angry and so into it if things didn't go her way at least for her first few challenges that's why i think once she hit into rivals you know rivals territory uh when she was playing with paula we saw a more mature evelyn and we saw a better evelyn than so what that, she was in the past yeah rivals one solidified her i think uh the the biggest the biggest mark against Evelyn is her throwing that elimination in, in the ruins against Kellyanne because she didn't want to beat her friend, which was so it's it's really hilarious to look back on. I hated that is, scene. That was the wild. stupidest thing I'd ever seen. How yeah. could you put your friend through so much torture? Like she was making Kellyanne work hard for that one, but like being yeah, annoying she, about she it. She wasn't even moving. She was being yeah, so Evelyn condescending, moving, I just, which was I, insane to me. I wasn't a fan of that but, moment. If you're going to lose to a friend, don't make him look like a bitch while doing it. Like, just lose. Another thing that this comes down to, though, is that Evelyn has three season wins. So Evelyn and Veronica are tied for the most season wins among all females in challenge what's, history. What's and people will poke holes in... So people will poke holes in Veronica's wins. We're not going to talk about that right now. But so Evelyn won Inferno 3. She won The Island. And she won Rivals 1. Um, I would say that Inferno 3 is actually impressive as hell because Evelyn pretty much skated through that whole season because nobody wanted to fuck with her at all. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's because... And I think people would fuck with her now, though, in terms of the competition we have today. I don't think Evelyn's nearly as impressive. Also, I'm not a huge fan of Evelyn's win on the island uh, because I just, I like. overall, the the... the overall the format of that season was so janky and everybody loves Evelyn's play that she made when she took Johnny's key. But I just hate the fact that they, they link up at the end, you know, it's just oh, like, I like the wow. You, the end you, when you completely she sold out. That. I love when she sells out because to mm. me that shows somebody who wants to win over somebody who wants to be proud. That's somebody who wants to win at all costs, regardless of their moral, you know, their moral compass in that moment. They just want to win. And I thought that was a really good ruthless moment in her career, but I would agree that the format of that season made it so that win is, uh, is pretty unimpressive, you know, in the end, in the end round there. Like who do they, yeah. Beat? And it's just, it Robin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Paula, Ryan. Um, and also the, the thing that really kills that season for me is, is I've heard interviews with Abe where Abe was like, yeah, Kahuta and I had a raft built two days in and we, we literally could have taken that out to, to the Island with the treasure chest on it, but they told us not to. Oh um, my God. Of course they did. I wish they would have left. Okay. Them. So you're saying that you don't necessarily have Evelyn in your top five. You, yeah. you wouldn't confirm that. All right. So we've got Laurel. We've got Rachel. Now let's talk about one that I think belongs in the top five. Ooh, controversial. Is a controversial player. 
Uh, it's a woman that has, uh, she's got a lot of haters, but I think you have to respect the hell out of her. Let's talk about Sarah. Interesting for a top, top five, five all time. Ooh, Sarah. that's a big, that's, that's big ups to Sarah let putting me, her in top five. All right, let me read that. this off to you. Nine seasons, nine total seasons, two wins, four finals, six and two all time in eliminations. And in her nine seasons, two of those seasons, she got DQ'd because of her partner. So when, I always love so, if, so if you take, <laughs> if you take that out of the equation, Ooh, then you're down are not to liking, people are not liking oh, Sarah they in the hate, comments. People hate Sarah. People hate Sarah. And, and, and I, like, honestly, because of that, she's very underrated because she's got haters. I don't think she's bad. I just can't like her stats don't even impress me that much. Cause I just think like, people, I, I two, think she two wins, sucks in six finals. And two, two wins, six and two all time in eliminations. And she really doesn't. She bombed the cutthroat final, which if you, um, if you guys rewatch the cutthroat final, literally just some of the worst conditions in a final ever, like Abe almost dies. Okay. I, I just, I just want to throw that out there. Um, but dude, six and two all time in eliminations and two, two victories. One of which is very strong in X's two where she ran the whole, you know, her next to West, she played the best political game on that season. People are pissed, dude. People hate Sarah. Because you want to know what it is. I just think Sarah was someone that wasn't necessarily in the same athletic caliber as some of the other girls. Like she's good. She has oh, heart. I think she, she is. Tried. I think she's very athletic. She's a great I, swimmer. I disagree. One of the best that. swimmers. Um, she yeah uh, greg greg i believe greg said it she like she almost beat the vets on her own in the ruins final she gave them a run Ugh, i don't know i honestly like sarah to me she's just one of those people who she was all right but she was never uh, i wouldn't have been scared to go against sarah she was not someone that like brought fear into my eyes she well, is definitely not she she wouldn't she's not as memorable as somebody like i, w- I would put evelyn higher than i'd put sarah Six and two all-time in eliminations. I think that's she's sneaky good. She's who, got who did a, she beat in eliminations, and who beat her? Who was one of those two? John A and Jasmine. Were, yes, that let's was talk one of her about losses. that one because she yep. that's her. That was her big issue, and something that I had a problem with is she was super cocky and didn't always back it up. You know, she okay. would have these moments and, and, where and, yes, that's fair, and that's why people hate Sarah. Like that's why she gets a lot of hate is because her and, of that. But do you think her and she, Vinny would have done well if Vinny hadn't? got sent home like i don't think so the way that they were no, going about that's the thing though she that got, season <laughs> she got stuck with Vinny as a partner twice <laughs> that that's like that's a hindrance yeah, that sucks. That she really had to be a suck. partner with him twice um sarah is is a fascinating study here okay take cara and take sarah who by the way sarah has an elimination victory against cara as we have discussed on this show before uh battle of the seasons um Sarah skews underrated and, and Cara skews overrated. And what I mean by that is if you look at things strictly, if there's only two ways to yeah, define I'll agree things, with that. I'll if, agree if, with that. If you can say this person is underrated or this person's overrated and you have to strictly abide by that, you have to say Sarah is underrated because look at our comments section. Mm-hmm. Look at it. People are, despite the fact that her numbers are all right there with the best of all time, people are like, I hate Sarah. I hate Sarah. I hate Sarah. Because she's so and fucking just, annoying. <laughs> and so, so there you go. And, and that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. She, I am going to, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, listen, Sarah's right there. So you're saying you would put Evelyn ahead of Sarah. 
So I would, got, but I wouldn't put either of them in top five. And I actually, okay. I, I, I think what it is with, I, yeah, I'll leave it at that because you know, it's Sarah, she's, she's decent. I'm not going to say she's bad. I do think she's underrated. I'll agree with that more. So I agree with your, your, your analysis and the fact that Kara is overrated and Sarah is underrated, but I won't say that Sarah is like that amazing. Cause I just don't think so. I think there've been far more impressive females in the show. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. This is one that most people will agree with. Emily. Emily Schramm. There we go. Um, Emily Schramm, three seasons played, one win, three finals. So she went to the final every time she ever played. Uh, five and zero elimination record. I think Emily Schramm is. Hand- I mean, first of all, those stats are insane, insane. Better than any of the other stats we've seen. I think those are better than Rachel's, if I'm not mistaken. Right. She's, a, well, she's seen more eliminations on, and won them. Yes, yes, she has. So you could also use that to argue and say, well, she doesn't really have much of a political game, which I think is true. She, she, was, um, she, was, never, she was never really a top dog. On a, like she, people, yeah. oh, she, she never really had a lot of stroke on seasons that she played. Yeah, she was never that political in terms of her gameplay, but I think her athletic gameplay made up for it in spades. And by the fact that she would go in and also you have to remember the time of Rachel was a lot different than the time of Emily in terms of how people were being sent in how often they were being sent in eliminations people were seeing like people during Emily's time were getting sent in a lot more than they were during Rachel's time it was much more of a scared of the mob scared of the of the strong people during uh during Rachel's time so but I mean I think I think Emily is is hands down one of the best physical competitors we've ever seen on the female side of this show absolutely he was yes first of all she has size on every single female that has ever played this game she's so strong in in Everything she does, the way that she trains, she really works hard for her body, but also for her athletic capabilities. She's very, very athletic. I mean, beyond any of the other females that we've seen, hands down, you know, you see Laurel, who's an awesome athlete, but Emily has that factor of being way more in shape uh, than, than Laurel is. So she's, she has the skill, she has the size, she has the build, and, and she's also someone who's not while she's not necessarily a political mastermind, she's a really kind human being and that sits well with a lot of people. So she, she's never on anyone's bad side. And I think that's a good point as well in terms of her political game. It gives her a little bit of a boost in that area, in my opinion. Emily also has an elimination win over Kara. And you might even, I'm sure most people would argue that Emily's elimination win over Kara is more impressive than Sarah's. Uh, Emily beat her in, uh, in X battle, in a pole wrestling, uh, pole wrestle elimination. Yeah. But she would wipe the floor with Kara. I mean, like, think about think about just the size factor and how much stronger she is. Like, like Kara is what she's like five three, five four. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, probably she she's probably like five two, five two, five three. Emily to me is really the full package of a challenger. She is. I, you know, she she just is so much better. She's a specimen. She's like the LeBron of the female version of the challenge. We have not seen someone like Emily come into the house, apart from, I would say, Ninja has the build potential, but even she has not been uh, Emily-worthy don't, don't even, don't even, don't even, we're not talking about Ninja Anything Natalie to hate on Ninja. We're not talking about her one more time during this discussion. This, this is a discussion about... We need like an air legends. horn whenever you just like do the same thing. <laughs> air horn. Mm-mm. We we need. We're talking about legends right now. All right. So, so you let's... are saying for sure Emily, 100%. Laurel, and Rachel. 
yeah those i i i would put those in my top three possibly actually because i've always said okay, those so, three so are incredible yeah, that's all your top three right there yeah now right, who's um next? and we're so you're on the fence about evelyn you're on the fence about sarah those are both on the bubble so we've not got our really three, fence at all like i would say those two are bubble. for sure not top five for me those two for sure maybe top okay. 10 maybe i wouldn't well even, I don't know. then then the next name we have to get to and i know that alex is going to appreciate this underrated underappreciated queen jody road rules extreme jody weatherton Mm. three seasons two wins two finals oh and one all-time in eliminations and on the duel this is her most impressive stat on the duel jody had seven daily wins on that season dominated it wow that didn't see a single elimination my only gripe with jody is her emotional control she wasn't as in check with her emotions as you would hope she was kind of loosey-goosey she would fall you know she would fall victim to a lot of the guys like and things that they would do um yeah so she she had a learning process yeah uh people will point out you could say that that the biggest mark against Jody, but also one of the probably the biggest defense uh, for Veronica. Veronica beat Jody straight up in elimination on Inferno Two. Yeah, the Mummy. Um, granted, you know it's not. It w- yeah, it wasn't the craziest elimination in the world. It's kind of like an old school thing on the show. But you you have to point to that. So Ver- that's probably Veronica's one of her most impressive achievements. She beat Jody straight up, but she also got in her head. If you go back and you watch that, Jody's crying. She's freaking out. But Jody learned from that. She learned from that moving forward in the game. I don't know if she, I mean, yeah, maybe she learned a little bit, but I still saw some of that, um, that sort of, yeah, I still saw some of that in her later on. And, and that's exactly she what I'm talking about. She was a completely about. different player on the duel. I, I feel like on the duel, she was a completely different player than what you had seen before. And she ran her alliance, the, the drama mafia, as Beth nicknamed <laughs> them. She ran that alliance. She didn't see a single elimination. She won seven dailies. You could argue it might be the most dominant single season performance by a female. She ran the whole season. She won seven True, dailies. And it she was, didn't see it an was individual. And she won the final. And it was individual. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, she's, totally individual she's season. In, she's in the running for my top five. Yes. Well, let's look at it this way. Do you put Jody above Evelyn? I don't think, peop- I don't think most people would. The thing is, to me, Jody was more action, less talk. Evelyn was more talk, less action. So, in a way, I would put Jody above Evelyn because if I were to say a Jody versus Evelyn showdown in all aspects of the game, I think Jody would win. They both had a Yo, lack of emotional is... control. They both had a lack of emotional control. Think about it. Those that was both of their downfalls, and at the same time. Jody had more athleticism to back up her talk and her Guys, and this her emotion. How I thought I, I wasn't really sure how we were going to do the format uh, discussing this on the podcast, but I'm actually loving this. I'm I'm essentially presenting Shawnee with with all the facts, and we're <laughs> letting Shawnee determine this. This isn't how I expected it to go, but I think I'm I'm loving how this is going. So Shawnee's got Jody above Evelyn. So right now Jody is, and you put. So I take it you would put Jody ahead of Sarah as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's easy. Okay, so Jody's occupying the four spot. Evelyn's in the five spot and Sarah's in the Wait, six Jody spot. So Sarah above just got Sarah. bumped from the top Jody five. Jody above Sarah. 
See, that's actually an interesting one because if I were to rate it on, let's say, eliminations, I would put Sarah higher. In 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 all in overall performance, I think Sarah has done better than Jody. I will say that. All right. But I don't know okay, so- because Jody didn't play enough. Jody play, Jody didn't play as many seasons as Sarah. What I've seen three, of Jody, two wins in three seasons. What I've seen of Jody so far in that small sample size that we have, I would put her above Sarah. However, overall, in terms of Sarah's whole challenge career, I think she's had more impressive moments than Jody did. I am going to just interpret what you're saying as you've got Jody in the four spot. And we're and we're gonna roll with this. We're gonna roll. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's roll with that. A couple more names I want to talk about. Okay. Keep going. I want to talk about a more current name, a hot topic. We've got a couple people in here that might not be fans. Uh, let's talk about Ashley Mitchell. Ashley Mitchell, shut up. We've got five seasons, two wins, two finals. Two and two all-time in eliminations, but actually one and two because I completely discredit their final reckoning elimination against Faith and Angela because they were mercenaries to start. So I don't count that as an elimination. So I'm going to say that Ashley is actually one and two all-time in eliminations. Ashley, I would say all-time female challenger. Numbers She's the only. all-time winningest. Uh, numbers only a cash prize numbers only ashley beats everybody she has she's got the dollars so if we are only factoring in results because i'm a result-driven human being so in life i usually only factor in results in terms of success and failure and i would say ashley has everybody beat but if we're factoring in everything else, the process, we're actually analyzing the athleticism of these people, then I don't think Ashley can even remotely be in this category. I would say uh, production luck has had a huge, huge hand in a lot of her wins. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say she didn't like play up the luck and she didn't work around what she was given to uh, better suit her and better benefit her in the games. But I would say that for the most part, Ashley's gameplay really wasn't based on the fact that she was like an athletic beast or a political champion or an intelligent mastermind whatsoever. She has um, several factors working against her. Uh, One, as people are pointing out, she has quit multiple seasons. Yeah, but I don't Um, don't really care about that. Two, one thing that I will never forget, and I constantly call out Corey on, Ashley Ashley and Corey lost an elimination in Nate and Christina on Rivals 3. I mean, that is just, <laughs> that's just one of the worst, uh, one of the worst results ever. Um, it's a pretty funny three, one. I have been, ve- we have been very outspoken about the terrible finals recently, and Ashley has won two of them. Uh-huh. I just want to remind everyone how bad the invasion final was. And as Greg was saying uh. earlier, like, why the hell did Laurel quit? Laurel could have so easily won the invasion final. I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. Uh, just to remind you guys, they stayed up all night to thread beads. Um, at one point, they hung off. Oh my of, god, like, I remember that bead one. Um, that, that was the stupidest. Fi- there have been some stupid ass finals. Yeah, I would. I would yeah. say that she's won the bad stupider final. finals. Yeah, it's a bad Found. final. So Ashley is uh, Ashley is out of the discussion here. So we're gonna move on yeah. from that. That was an easy one. Oh, let's talk about a queen. I want to talk about a queen. Nope, not quite. I mean, that's my queen. That's my personal queen. But I want to talk about a queen 
who never lost an elimination, a, a multiple time champion. And the only person on this list that I might say is better than Rachel as a political player. This one goes out to the Brainiacs. I've met her in person. Ugh. We're talking. Back for this one. Susie Meister, Queen Susie. Boo! Susie was a bully-ass bitch. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's read off these stats. Four seasons, two wins, four and own eliminations, mm. and she went to three finals. However, her first season Who was Extreme Challenge. Who were her elimination wins against? Uh, I'll let's read them read up. Off her, that her, list. First, her first season was Extreme Challenge, so there was technically no final. So when you look at it that way, she's been to three out of three finals. Her elimination wins were against, and I quote, she's got, she beat Kim. She beat wow, so Jen. Impressive. She beat Kim. Uh, uh, she beat Jen. Jen G Jen on Inferno before, 3. Jen before she got athletic. Ooh. Shani, your bias is shining through on this topic right now, and I love it. I is live it for brighter it. brighter than my ring light? She beat Jen. <laughs> yes, your ring light. Uh, she beat Brianna, Kim, and the legend wow brianna casey, casey cooper wow casey brianna cooper. casey so the only one human being and i love casey the only human impressive in that list is jen and she wasn't even that strong back then i'm sorry but Susie's entire gameplay was political and while it was amazing let's are you kidding me like let's let's be real here in terms of of her athletic competition she played the scaredest game she was always a bully she was so rude to everyone her whole gameplay was basically being the guy mob version and I'll give her her political game. I will 100%. But in terms she of. She knew how to run a season. But she in terms of competition, I will not give that to her. I don't think she was that great of a competitor. I think she was a shitty competitor. She I, was you a titled brat of a competitor. But when it came you to. You should go rewatch. Yeah, give her that. Go rewatch Inferno 3 because there's moments, there's several moments where she's on the brink of going into elimination and she has to come out and she has to fight for that life shield. And it's really impressive. I'm going to go to bat for Susie. I'm also going to say I've met Susie in person. She's, she's pretty tall. Like on the female spectrum, uh, I would have to look at, hold on. Was she wearing heels? Was she wearing heels? No, I'm going to. Was she wearing heels? I would say Susie's a solid 5'7". That That's my, yep, yep. Hold on. I'm going to pull up a picture of me and Susie. And uh, I, I'm just going to judge this on my challenge height scale. Uh, but to me, Susie plays the game that you hate of Kara, of not wanting to go into elimination and never wanting to face anybody, never wanting to fight, never wanting to prove. Like, she doesn't want to go in, ever. Her whole people, game was to not go in. So what's People, can, can you see that? Can, can you see that? That's me and Susie right there. I'm six feet tall. I mean, like she's five right five, there. So it looks like she's about I'm, five foot. I'm six feet tall. She, Susie's a solid five seven. She was probably wearing heels here, probably wearing some kind of lift here. I'm going to say she's five seven. <laughs> of course, comment wouldn't be a live stream without the height truther coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite topic. And, we do and love a good height discussion on this yeah. show. Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think Susie is a good challenger. All right. She was decent. But I would never say she was like an athletic challenger. I, you know, the, the competitions back then, they were a lot funner, more fun, funner. I'm not sure exactly. What is, what is the name of that sentence? They were <laughs> a lot just, more just exciting. Just spit it, yeah, whatever you want. They were a lot more exciting. But at the same time, like, if you compare 
you can't possibly compare or put in the same list someone like Susie next to an Emily. It just doesn't go. I, I think I think her resume is hella impressive, and it, we're talking never got eliminated, always made it to the final, and she just she played that political game. The way that she plays on who ruins. Would who would win? Excellent. Susie versus Rachel in elimination. Okay, what? Hold on. What kind of elimination are we talking here? Any factor in most everything. Li- most likely Rachel. Who's winning, Laurel or 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 Susie in elimination? All right, all right. Listen, we're, we're talking about Emily people. versus Susie in elimination. Anything. I think she can compete with the likes of Jody, Sarah, but I don't think that she can compete with the likes of our top three whatsoever so she, I just she's don't not think in the so. class of the top three not all at right. all i would not say so whatsoever and I, I wouldn't even put her in the top five continue on with your list well we're, we're running we're running low on names here so let me bring up a controversial one let's go let's talk about camilla i would put camilla in my top five camilla's in your top five i would put camilla in my top five for one reason amongst all of the others is that she is 10 times savvier than any of those people not currently in the top three like the ones below in in how she and how quickly she adapts to the challenges given at hand so if she's in a challenge and it's it there's a system to being able to beat that challenge and be able to do it well she'll figure it out quite quickly whereas a lot of other people would struggle a perfect example of this was uh, when she went up against kayla and jenna and they were both like flopping whales up there and Camilla just smoked them. She figured it out. She got it. She has great body control. She's a fighter. And she, even though is small, will not stop. You know, she's she's like a roadrunner, an energizer bunny. She just won't give up and she won't quit. The one area I think she downfalls on, which I think a lot of the people on this longer list do, uh, like Jody and Sarah, is the emotional control. Again, that's something that she just doesn't have that the top three have. She's someone who will lose her cool really quickly, obviously. Uh, she gets frantic in moments but where she doesn't stress as much is actually in competitions and i think that's what counts in this kind of list camilla's biggest issue as we've seen is uh spicy foods um you know if if you get to an eating portion of the final and and you've got a hot pepper on the on the table there's no telling how camilla's going to react to that you would think that her that her brazilian upbringing she'd be able to handle like a habanero pepper um but poof yeah, Greg has, a, Greg has a great comment here. Camilla has good body awareness, but terrible house awareness. Her biggest downfall will always be her interactions in the house. The fact that her, you know, her alcohol, her emotional control, all of that. But competition-wise, like if you had Jody versus Camilla in an elimination where they were both under stress, actually Jody, Sarah, Camilla, and Evelyn, all in an elimination where they had just been you know, tortured emotionally and mentally, I would say Camilla would come out on top because no matter how fucked up in the head Camilla is, outside or you know outside of the competitions and in the house when she gets into those rings she competes and she blocks it all out and she wins i think the other girls don't do that as well maybe sarah yes but i i think jody really got i jody really got her shit together at some point um and maybe i think man sarah's real sarah's really getting the short end of the stick here i i I think she (laughs) was much better than people choose to remember but camilla's overall uh stats based on the metrics that we're using here uh, 10 total seasons, four finals, two victories, uh, nine and four elimination record all time. It's pretty damn good. Let me take a look at some of these eliminations. Um, 
just to just as a reminder obviously her first season was uh was cutthroat that's what stands out and, and she took out oh my god she took out emily uh, real world cancun emily uh, she took out katie and then lost to laurel um she only took out two people i thought she was in like five eliminations um she's got the win against mark and robin with johnny on x's which mark has since stated that they yeah, that threw was for a cut of the purse um she beat danny and melinda on battle of the seasons too obviously that's not impressive at all yeah and <laughs> her later performance that season flopped yeah when, when she got dq'd <laughs> against but- Devin and jd I, I would put Camilla maybe one notch above Sarah. Right now I have Sarah at number five, if I'm, cal- if I'm counting right, because I've lowered Jody. I just don't think we have enough. I don't know. So maybe you're, you're do- bumping Jody. No, All maybe right. I would put, yeah, I think I have to bump Jody just because the one thing we didn't get to see of Jody, I agree that she changed and she improved, but on the duel, we didn't get to see her compete in elimination. And I think if we had seen her in elimination and she would have done very well, had her head together and on straight, I would be able to rank her highly. But because all we saw was her in non-pressure situations on that season, apart from the final, I can't grant her that same kind of I think that praise her, political, her political savvy is what stands out there. Now with Camilla, I would say that Camilla's elimination wins are very unimpressive outside of Laurel on Invasion, who has pretty much said that she threw that elimination. That, that stands out. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. hard for me to like I I think she's a great competitor I think I would take Camilla over Cara but I yeah. just, I don't have Camilla in my top five and that's that's another thing that I think bumps Cara further back down the list. I've got Camilla. I think what I, I think what I have right now is I have I have Rachel, Laurel, Emily, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw up Emily higher. So I've got I'm gonna say Rachel, Emily, Laurel and Camilla and Sarah actually because I would not put Jody or Evelyn above Camilla or Sarah but there is an argument for that case well I'm I'm trying to I can't believe I put Sarah in that list but she just has a more, more impressive record who's who's the one more there's one more name I want to bring up Jillian <laughs> if you haven't brought up no, Jillian this no. whole time that's crazy Listen, Jillian's stats, her numbers are fantastic, but honestly, I just I don't I don't want my I don't want my people to my people in the comment section to tear her down, so I'm not going to bring her up. I'm going to bring up a far another controversial name here. My girl, my Facebook friend, legend, queen, Tori Hall. Shut up. You can't possibly bl- place her in Tori, remotely of the top 5 sphere. Tori Hall, 3 seasons played, 2 seasons won. Two finals. What season's one? Gauntlet three and Cutthroat, which we've already agreed she played that A plus plus political game on Cutthroat. We're gonna give her Gauntlet three. Oh fuck yeah! I love Gauntlet. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm not down with all these Gauntlet three haters and people trying to discredit. I Gauntlet, Gauntlet three. Th- listen, it's good, but we can't we can't you cannot compare a Gauntlet three win to one of the more recent wins. Like it's impossible to say that. You can't compare a gauntlet win to a Camilla win. I was more impressed with the gauntlet three victory than I was on fi- with the final reckoning victory. I'd rather but have gauntlet three on final reckoning is shit. I'm talking about in the past like ten post. years. <laughs> okay, so Tori also rocking that two and one elimination record. Obviously, she didn't go in that many eliminations because she was running that political game. That's the other thing. Tori actually, 
Cutthroat wasn't the only good political game she played. She ran politics on Gauntlet 3. That's why her and Frank clashed. That's why there's so many great YouTube videos of her and Frank cursing each other out because she was running the team and he knew that he was the best player on the team. So you think she was she, really running the team or was it all kind of an illusion? Oh, she, she had the numbers on the team. She was making the decisions on that team. And that's why Jillian went into so many eliminations. Uh, so the elimination record for Tori, she beat Melinda on Gauntlet 3. She lost to Anissa on Duel 2. Ugh, that's, that's a tough one. Losing to Anissa is tough. And you then, can't place her top five when she lost to Anissa. And that's then she beat, ridiculous. Uh, she beat Teresa on Cutthroat in the elimination where Tina was the heavy hitter, where she outlasted Teresa. I didn't like that elimination at all. I thought it was completely unfair the way it was, it was set up. They had a chance to exhaust the person after the first round. So the second round, you know, it was, it was easy pickings at that point. I would not place her anywhere near my top five. I, I would, however, though, argue that you could interchange my Camilla and Sarah with Jody and Evelyn. I do think those, those four are interchangeable in the bottom two positions of the top five. Like you could say that it's, uh, you could easily say it's Rachel, Emily, Laurel, Jody, and Evelyn, or Evelyn, Jody, or you could easily say it's Rachel, Emily, Laurel, Camilla, Sarah. Like I think those you could you could do either of those the bottom two because those are harder positions to fill because they're all kind of at the same level and they all have similar problems. Like they all have similar issues in their in their shows. If you think about the fact that they're all emotional hotheads a bit here and there, you know, Sarah would get sad, Jody would get stressed, Camilla gets psycho. I would stack it up as the following. I, I, I think that I think that what's clear though here is that you undervalue the stronger social players. Um, you know, you, you didn't have very nice things to say about someone like Susie who has has uh, Oh, excelled in, in this. and and Tori <laughs> who have excelled playing social games on multiple seasons and even Jody even Jody's excellent social game on the duel I would say we've got uh we've got Rachel Laurel Evelyn three of the top five mm -hmm. um and then to fill out my top five I've got Evelyn wait Rachel Laurel Emily is that what you said? oh Emily yeah yeah so Rachel Laurel Emily and then I would fill out my top five with Evelyn and Sarah. And I would have Jody just outside of the top five at six. And uh, I would have, I think, Camilla at seven. I would have Susie at eight. And then that nine, 10 spot, that's where the debate comes in. That's, that's where maybe you're looking at Kara or maybe you're looking at hmm well my girl tori jillian i'm gonna rank i, I would rank Kara above susie i'm taking susie her record is, like her, i just her, her numbers are just far more impressive it's hard for me to rank the lower ends it's a lot easier for me to rank my top three it's harder for me to go down the list i think because there are so many more people out there that we could factor in that have competed at a level that i respect and if we're talking about social game the fact that Jen G isn't even remotely in this conversation is crazy because she is one person who she knew the system. She got so elimination. She doesn't, I mean, she doesn't have a win under her belt. Everyone we're talking about at least has one win, you know, like that's yeah. first and foremost the criteria. You got to have that one. 
but it's hard to say but it's hard discussion. to say that you have to have a win when some of these wins were team wins some of them were a lot less impressive you know i i uh, i don't know it's just like it's for me I, there are so many people that competed at a similar level to a susie to uh you know all of those people that you can't really rank them. Like, you know, Robert's mentioning Kina in the, in the yeah, audience if, here. If Kina, if Kina would have played one or two more seasons, I think she would no doubt be on There's there. also people Kina. that I would want to factor in, like Ruthie, you know, who, who were ruthless during that time. You also have to think about Coral. You know, she was absolutely just scoring fresh meat. Let's, let's, let's actually talk about Coral real quick because Coral's numbers are solid. Coral's uh, numbers 60, are strong. Six seasons, one win four finals two and oh elimination record that's, that's an amazing nice. yeah. amazing set of stats like i would easily place coral above Susie in that way she you know she had it fine if she had continued on or if she was in a later generation of the challenge she would have been a beast during some of these some of these moments some of these crazy finals that we saw uh after her time you know in the x's finals and things like that like she would have smashed those yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind is that so Cora went to four finals out of six total seasons, and uh, one of the finals. Get out of here with DM, dude. She is nowhere near the top ten. <laughs> Maybe like top five people, but not top five challengers. Yeah, I, I, Veronica definitely deserves credit. People hate on her. I think Veronica is awesome, and I've said before, Veronica and Rachel deserve all the credit in the world, and Coral because they they invented politics. Yeah, they invented challenge politics. Uh, so we'll end it like this. We'll just recite our top fives again i've got laurel emily rachel evelyn and sarah and you have i'm gonna change mine up i'm gonna say i've got my top three plus some entertainment ones so i've got i'm gonna say my my top one for sure rachel robinson number two i'm gonna give it to emily number three i'm gonna give it to laurel and number four and five i'm gonna say casey <laughs> And number five, I'm going to give to – number five, I'm going to give to who I think is a total and absolute rising star, and we have yet to see her full potential, and hopefully we will, to Maddie. Shani, that is uh, – what you just recited is a crime to modern list making. That's a Why? crime. The Guys, list? don't – the Don't list you gave of her. top 10, there was three you could arguably say deserve to be in the top three, and the rest were all just riffraff like you people could don't tie me in to, to and sarah you could interchange coral with any of those people you could put georgia up on that list currently you could even argue davon has great Ooh. stats compared to some the, of these, these are these are some scorching we're looking tastes. at we're looking at sarah we're looking at jody we're looking at tori we're looking at people that competed way back in the day different conditions different different styles of show uh you can't say sarah had a great uh political game whatsoever you can say Susie did but then where's her athletic game you could argue Evelyn was good but where's her emotional control you could argue I mean all these people have these massive downfalls and the only people that you can really say were absolute specimens of challengers are those top three and the rest are really interchangeable you cannot fault Rachel Emily or laurel in terms of their challenger ability apart from maybe tiny tiny moments in their career specific eliminations or competitions I, i'm looking at the at the total package and and there's people that could compete physically they could compete socially uh they brought the entertainment 
obviously you look at those three girls that, that yeah, they are, they're physical specimens for sure. But I know that, that for social. me personally, there's a little, there's a little more of that, that, that goes into it. And Jody was a physical specimen as well. If you look at her on oh, the duel, really? she's, in, she's in crazy shape on the duel. Go, go she's back and not, check that out. Not built. She's just like, a, like slightly lean, but she's not, she's not anything insane. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rank her. I wouldn't Greg, be scared of Jody. Um, Greg, yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, Greg, Greg, you you know I give I give credit to my old schoolers, Holly Shan, uh, Roni for sure. Um, they they both had, uh, you know, if Holly would have done more seasons, she would have been a legend, a true legend. She yeah. she was tough. She was it's, tough. It's, you know what you know what it is at the end of the day as well for me is that it's hard to come by a female challenger that I would not fault in so many ways, right? And so I think that. The, the reason why I can really only place those top three is because those three had the full package all around, whereas so many others were almost there, but not quite. Yeah. They, they were, uh, were like at that point, but not yet. And if you compare stats, like Casey killed the seasons she was on and she was far more entertaining than Sarah is ever going to be, or half of those people on the bottom 10 of our list. So why not put her up there? That's that's, <laughs> This is controversial. We're a controversial show, people. Robert, we might get into uh, talking top five males next week. Guys, it's uh, harder we'll for see me. How, guys, yeah. guys would be harder for me. I, I think that there have been far better guy competitors than there have been female competitors. Yeah, we will, we'll see how it goes, but I think we're going to leave it there for tonight. And um, honestly, man, the, the way our conversation gets dictated, we get dictated by what gets talked about on the pages. That's what I take from it. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what people are buzzing about. I'd love to at some point jump into uh, a potential for the top five underrated, undernoticed females, unrecognized females, people like John A., who I think were, you know, killer competitor and never really had a too big of a shot in terms of getting it in there. Uh, politically wasn't as great, but competition wise, you know, she should be recognized, things like that. I'd love to talk about that next week. I'll be uh, streaming live from Tel Aviv. Hopefully I won't be in the middle of a nature party uh, dancing to Psytrance, but <laughs> never know. The possibilities are endless. So we'll see. I've got 14 hour flight tomorrow where I'll be getting a ton of Saniac work done. So that's going to be fantastic for all of you guys. And I will keep you guys all posted on that. Um, Zach, this has been fantastic, and we will see you all next week. Hopefully, we have a Theo interview coming in soon. Uh, check out Rotten Bananas podcast; they just did him, so it'll probably be a follow-up type episode to theirs. So you want to get that content in from there first, so you don't uh, double take. And we will see you guys later, Devin Simone. Robert, <laughs> Robert just mentioned Devin Simone as an underrated social queen, and I can agree with that in terms of the social game, but. Well, we'll talk about that when we get into underrated females. How about that? There we go, people. Great uh, interaction from the comments tonight. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we love you guys. Take care.